because we never changed it. Hey guys, <laughs> sorry label. about the uh, delay. You're we muted, are, buddy. we are. Hey guys, sorry for the delay. We are, we are live, and uh, we're starting out this little episode. It's a little bit different. So, um, I just wanted to say greetings to everyone. Tonight we find ourselves in interesting times. As we, as we speak, we are all in quarantine from COVID and on curfew due to recent civil unrest. It feels strange to come to you tonight to talk about geeky things, but we wanted to nonetheless. But we couldn't ignore what is happening, and we all wanted to speak about it in our own way. No, we aren't experts, and no, we can't speak fully to what is happening. But we are human, and we feel the need to talk about it. So we switched our plan, and talked to, we talked and decided to talk about Watchmen Season 1, Episode 1. It is more relevant now than ever. But we also wanted to talk about it in the context of how genre stories can help us explore and examine societal issues. I remember growing up and watching Star Trek and seeing a diverse cast, finding that amazing, and reading X-Men and seeing the parallels with racism, and recently seeing Black Panther and how that movie cast's story helped portray African Americans in a light that no one had ever seen before. Fahrenheit 451 explores censorship and so many more examples. Game of Thrones and the White Walkers deals with climate change and power. Aliens has themes about Vietnam War. And Lord of the Ring was also a representation of Tolkien's experience in World War I. We use genre to help us talk and discuss these tough issues. And Watchmen continues that such that much needed tradition. Thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, I hope we can all benefit from this conversation. With that, I, uh, pr I toss it back over to Earl and the and crew. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Uh, thank you, Rodney, uh, Rodney, for that beautiful message. Um, yeah, things are crazy right now, but uh, you're here in chat and we're here uh, for you. So welcome to the Pangeekery Podcast, a weekly live video podcast celebrating all things geek from an all diverse perspective. And what we do is we talk about t uh, film, TV, video games, comic books, and all the cool things covering all the nooks and crannies of fandom. My name is Earl Balon. I am an actor improviser based in Los Angeles, California. And uh, my favorite type of anime till still to this day is shonen. I'm still a shonen guy, but yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna have trouble with this one. Um, hi, I'm Jennifer Zhang. I am an actor, writer, artist in LA. And, oh God, I mean, I just liked Pokemon. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. that that's it's shonen. I would, it's I would argue it's shonen? It's shonen. Yeah, that's shonen. Okay, great. I, that shonen. I don't even know what that yeah. means. It, it, it's kind of sexist <laughs> like, because most popular things that are considered- Oh, does it mean it's four guys? Both are it's shonen. It's for young yeah. boys, but it's kind of like how in our society- This bullshit. Are, yeah, right. things that are considered it sexist, the norm. it becomes the norm right. for everyone. So okay. it's, actually, it's actually kind of bullshit, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what I'm about to say is even worse. But uh, hi, my name is Caitlin Faye. I'm a director, writer, actor, and a singer. And my favorite type of anime is Finan, actually, which is anime for older men. It's for men, actually. Um, so, like, um, examples like, really like dark. Cowboy Bebop, or even darker. Yeah, like Berserk. Berserk. <laughs> Yeah. Who determines this? like Blade the Immortal? I mean, it's they like do. whoever the intended like exactly. audience is. Yeah. For example, Jen, our comic book series, if it was marketed in Japan, would uh, it it might even transgress uh, shoujo from after a while and go into. I right. mean, it's called 
for female for adult females but so like, shoujo for females. For girls shoujo is for girls yeah uh yeah if you want for women that's like nana or something the stuff that <laughs> ha- usually if there's like sex involved that's for women you know you, you huh. wouldn't show that to girls in japan <laughs> <laughs> What? Now you guys know. Yeah. Or you would, but Thank like you. you might get in if trouble. I don't know. No, they wouldn't have sex in it. If there's, if there's sex, right. it's for fee- it's for women. Yeah. Yeah, because that doesn't get talked about in shonen ever. Yeah, girls don't have <laughs> wow. sex in Japan. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Interesting. Oh, hey guys. It's all it's... a societal structure. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Goal. <laughs> hey guys, Walter, camera operator, editor, and veteran, and uh, my. F- I think me and Caitlin got the same uh, favorite anime. Like. Yeah. Uh, That's fun. The really dark violence. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Gundam would count as that too, oh, right? No, 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 that's shoujo. I mean, I'm shonen. Shonen, sorry. Shonen. Shonen. It's like hard shonen. That's still for boys. Yeah, believe yeah. it or not, Gundam is for boys. So, like, new wing Gundam, all that stuff is All shonen. that stuff is for boys. But yeah. some of the stuff that Gundam talks about is pretty deep. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Like, it doesn't matter. It's the style. It doesn't matter. It is the style and the intent. It's just the audience of town. Audience, yeah. Even if there's smoking, even if there's suggestive scenes or even nudity or yeah, cursing, all that stuff it's still is for boys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Guess yeah. it's shonen then. What about Ninja Scrolls and stuff like that? Uh, ooh, ooh, it's kind of seinen. Sign it, yeah. I think that's that's turning into seinen. Yeah, because oh that's like on the level of berserk. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Anyway, what's up, Aaron? <laughs> so, uh, we do have everybody. a we do have a guest today, uh, Aaron Nabis from Hall H Podcast. We're going to talk to him to uh, talk to him for a little bit in a little bit but uh meanwhile uh what's up to everybody in the chat hello thank you for joining us um do hit up our new discord which we set up that's going to be cool um there's a sub only section some general channels whatever you want to talk about in um in our discord you can do so uh do hit us up like on our, all our other streams we have streams going over across across all of the week uh the schedule will be up in the Discord and on our Twitch page. So do hit that up. And if you do hit us up in chat on Twitch, please do uh, say what's up and we'll get to your comment and or question as soon as we can. Jose, that is what it's called, Gin Chronic. Thank you. Jose, um, there we go. Jose, um, forgot. What's up, Joe? But, yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Uh, first of all, we are going to talk with our guest, Aaron Nabis here, again from Hall H Podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about season one of, I mean, sorry, Episode one of Watchmen. There's only one season existing. And uh, how about how uh, genre stories uh, help us talk about societal issues, because that is definitely a thing. Um, so without further ado, let's bring on our special guest, Mr. Aaron Navis. What's up, Aaron? How's it going? Hey, hey, thank you for having me. This is such an honor. Yeah, absolutely. Woo-hoo! I love your show. No, thank oh, you. Man. I love we your love show. you and your show. <laughs> thank you for coming on, man. <clears throat> yeah, man. So, uh, Aaron, um, yeah. uh, talk. Tell us a little bit about Hall Age Podcast. What uh, is, well, what, why'd you start it? And like, what, well, what is it? Okay, well, that, that's a pretty funny story because um, yeah. I was up in in Orange County, Irvine, uh, doing the corporate thing for like ten years. Irvine, fuck yeah. That so, place. so <laughs> wow. So, so when I when I moved back down here after surviving like five layoffs, um, <laughs> uh, I moved back down to San Diego where I grew up. Um, I was hanging out with some friends, uh, my friends Alex Benedicto and Ed Santos. We were at a at a at a boba place, some some place that I'm sure, uh, you know, our good friend over here, that Walter would probably want to be at. Oh, never <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we were just shooting the shit, and we're we're like, I think we were talking about how ludicrous the Transformers movie was about when like Optimus Prime was writing, you know, uh, uh, what's the Grimlock? 
or whatever. Right. Oh, found last out. night. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're thinking, man, that's so stupid. So, anyways, we just got to talking and, and just catching up, and then Alex says, uh, "Hey, you know what? I I have the domain name hallh.com, and and this was back in like uh, 2014, and he had reserved it in 2011. So all this time he's he's had it, but hasn't done anything with it. And for those of you out there uh, who know what Hall H you know is it's it's like mecca for for geeks down at san diego comic-con right so uh so we said oh this and, and we met up in june comic-con is in july so i learned i i said oh we gotta do something you know so we 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 said okay we're gonna get ready for, for comic-con we're gonna be ready we're gonna create a site so i learned web, wordpress in like a month you know just screwing around with it i, I got the got the website up and running um looked look for artists that we could follow so we got our social media accounts you know set and so we were ready for for comic-con in a month so that's how that's how all h got started um but um uh, that was 2014 and and the way the podcast happened was you know we, we were we were trying to blog but we were just so busy mm-hmm. so um i had been walking to work um uh, my new job, I, I lived within walking distance to my to my office, so I would walk every day, and and I started listening to podcasts. So I kind of thought, man, what if we had a podcast, right? So uh, in 2016, we just said, okay, screw it, we're just gonna do a podcast, and that's yeah, that, that's that's, that's when the Holly Show was born. And um, well, we're all busy, so you know, you would think that Holly H would cover like all the mainstream, uh, you know, news, but we kind of thought. You know what's what? What does Comic Con mean to us, right? And when we went to Comic Con when we were kids, it's like it was all about Artist Alley, right? So we kind of thought, right. you know, uh, I remember one Comic Con I was I was in I was walking down uh, visiting Artist Alley, and you know I see Ron Lim. He's a famous artist who worked on Silver Surfer for Marvel, and then he had nobody at his table. I felt so bad, mm-hmm. you know. I kind of thought uh, that was one of the things that popped in my head about where we can turn our focus, to, you know, for this for this podcast and for our, our blog. Uh, we're going to try and put the, the the focus and spotlight on artists that we think deserve more attention. So that's that's our mission. So it's like on, if you go to our homepage, I, I I say, you know, if it came down to Robert Downey Jr. or an independent creator like uh, Stefan Frank, who's uh, who's creator of one of my favorite comic books, uh, Silver, and he was the animation right. director for for the Iron Giant. Uh, we would interview Stefan ninety nine point ninety nine ninety nine percent of the time. So that's 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 our mo. So that's that's what we're all about. That's great, man. Um, that's uh, so. You've been attending Comic Con since when? What was your like your first uh, you know, um, San Diego Comic Con? I should say. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Alex has been attending since like honestly late eighties at least. Uh, nice. Me, me, my first Comic Con was in ninety five. So uh, I mean. Even back then, I thought, yeah. Even back then, I thought it was it was huge, but it's 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 grown. It's it's obviously it's blown up since then, right? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> like nothing compared to uh, what it is now, right? Yeah. Oh man. no, I still remember that first year when it like blew up, blew up. Like, yeah. Uh, all thanks to that, Twilight. Like, it was all thanks. Yeah, to Twilight. Twilight. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody really? believes it was, me. It was but Twilight. It's, it's that, Twilight nope. that brought oh, um, that. Hollywood to um to San Diego Comic Con. Wait, like, really? Oh, what it does was. Twilight have to do with it? Because well, Twilight was the first, they were the first uh, movie property that said, yo, we could tap into this um, this group of people that are like rabid about stuff. So they announced their attendance at, uh, oh I think it was 20, 2008 Eight. or nine. Eight. And um, yeah, the, the lines grew exponentially. Dude, cause then wow. like vampires are part of the geeky right. fantasy genre. Well, it's, it's not even, well, it's it's not even that. It's not like even young that. adult books, right? 
Oh young adult God. books became a thing, but they became the linchpin for like mm. all the other Hollywood studio studios going like, oh my God, we can we can ha we have access to this audience as well. Wow, that I, yeah. not, I feel it's almost I like co-opting geek spaces because first of you all, say that. Vamp <laughs> like the genre of vampires has lost all of its like all elements of horror. <laughs> because all the vampires do in Twilight are sparkle in the sunlight and drink like manufactured blood. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that one could argue that they don't even belong in that space. So what they did was co-opted because they found uh, like a potential cash grab and well, you know, I mean, they made it happen. I mean, the story itself is arguably yeah. co-opted as well. I would argue since, I mean, uh, but Hollywood kind of jumped on the comic book train back in 2002 you... when Spider-Man came out, wouldn't you say? Spider-Man was yeah. like the first comic but, book as mainstream property. That's what I would have Ooh, I wouldn't say that. that. No. Really? Well, well, um, I in the movies. X-Men. In the movies. Or no, X-Men even before that. Yeah, it's 2000. Anyway. But like, this was the first time that like, um, something that was already in the mainstream, Twilight, mm -hmm. um, that had some kind of crossover appeal, like really pop into like Comic-Cons. And mm -hmm. would you say he, he was like, I don't like were celebrities going to Comic Con before, or he was like the first like young up and coming hot celebrity. Well, oh, our Pats. This yeah. is probably oh, like Robert Pattinson. Yeah, he was probably the biggest one. So that's our so that, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of. I guess that's the that's the that was a thing. The catalyst too, right? Just because right, it's a part young... of the catalyst, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Aaron, were, were you there that year to to um, witness? Um, no, because as I said, I was up in Orange County doing the corporate thing. So I missed a few years here and there uh, going to Comic-Con. So, uh, I was there beforehand, you know, I was able to, to buy a ticket, go to Hall H and do whatever all in the same day. No problem. Right. Yeah. It was I, so easy back <laughs> in the when day. I came, and then when I came back, I'm like, what the, and so, you know, <laughs> oh my like, God. How I've the, never like, seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. How was the, like the, yeah, the cosplaying, uh, you know, was everyone cosplaying back then, or not, not that much? Uh, no, definitely, definitely not as much as now. Uh, right. You know, you, you get a bunch of like maybe video game and comic books, comic book stuff, but a lot of the like they'll uh, just wear Spider Man T shirts or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it's it's, it's definitely not as intricate as as it is uh, in you know today. Uh, back in the day here in, in the U.S., it was actually they were referred to as lookalikes before <laughs> they were called cosplayers, and um, yeah. So back then it was like a very niche thing. And then, oh, once it, it blew up, you know, it became what it is. So, <laughs> uh, just going back to that uh, Twilight thing, like, so what that time was it just a bunch of like kids and their moms, like, yeah, hoping to pretty see much, our pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> really? And then dressing yeah. up in black, trying to look like vampires. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So what inspired you to, I mean, I think the rest of us know this, but what inspired you to call it the Hall H podcast? Well, you know, it's just derivative of our, you know, Hall H. The URL. So, All right. Um, we're basically, we're basically co-opting Hall H. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and using, <laughs> using whatever spotlight and attention Hall H could get to put the spotlight on, on independent creators that we interview. So nice. I, I'm surprised that like, um, you know, Comic-Con uh, International hasn't approached y'all. That's what I was going to say. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't like well, offer you a bag of money. Up right there. <laughs> <laughs> you, would, you know, even if they did, I don't know if, I don't know if we'd ever give it up. Um, right. And, you know, we even put a disclaimer on the bottom saying we're not associated with, with Comic-Con International. So, um, I mean, I, I, 
for me, I just enjoy talking to these creators. And I mean, it's also selfish on my part because, you know, I want to be a creator someday too. I want to create my own comic book. So, <gasps> so, so I'm, I'm, nice. I'm getting, I'm getting all this insight and, and, and information from all these people that I'm interviewing. So it's pretty cool. Uh, who would you say is your, your favorite interview so far that you've gotten? Gosh, I know big are, question. These are like children to me. You know? <laughs> <I> know. So, <laughs> gosh, you know, um, Looking back, um, I, I did a three-hour interview with somebody named Arlen Schumer. He's a mm-hmm. comic book historian, and this was back in I think 2018. Um, you know, we had, uh, you know, we had, we have kept in touch, and he's he's really good. He's really knowledgeable about the golden age and silver age of comic books, like the 70s and 80s. So you know, he's he's pretty well known for his 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 lectures on Neil Adams, um, Jack Kirby, and, and um, Steve Ditko, and everybody else uh, from that generation. Um, so, anyways. Uh, we met uh, in Comic-Con, uh, uh, probably at the, uh, I think one of the hotels, uh, and we, we talked for three hours, and the, the conversation went by so quick, and uh, what, what, I, what I love about that, that conversation was that you know, he, here, here's, here's this guy who he could spend his time in Comic-Con just networking with, with, the, with the big wigs, but he decided to spend all that time with me, you know, and I thought that was pretty cool. So we talked about, you know, uh, what, what he's up to, his, his, uh, his love of what he called his, his four children, which is like, you know, um, the, the Silver Age of comic books, uh, Twilight Zone, uh, you know, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Um, I choose the three children. So Bruce Springsteen, Twilight Zone, and, and, <laughs> and, and comic books, basically. That's great. Yeah, so, so that was such an awesome conversation. Um, I got to have an interview with uh, somebody that I, uh, that I look up to. His name is Rob Salkowitz. Um, he's sort of like a uh, – uh, he, he sort of has a, a – a, a good knowledge of the business of Comic-Con. He even wrote a book about it. So um, if, if any of you are, are out there and interested in pop culture and the business of pop culture, you right. know, I, I, I highly encourage you to, to look up Rob Salkowitz. He, he has his own book and he writes for Forbes. So, uh, and he's, that was such an honor to have him on the show. Um, I've interviewed Ming Chen. That was fun. That was like a fun little, you know, 20, 15, 20 minute interview that we did uh, at his booth at Comic-Con. Um, I mentioned Stefan Frank. Uh, that guy's just freaking amazing. I love his, I love his, all his, all his artwork and and his his comic books because he takes such a unique approach to it. Coming coming from a, uh, a cinematic background, you know, he uses. If you look at his panels for his comic books, you can tell that man, these are like straight out Story, storyboards. Storyboards, yeah. You no, know? uh, and so he takes what his knowledge about animation and, and movies, and he conveys that into the uh, sequential art. Uh, that he does and it's just really amazing uh to look at and i you know just there's just so many people i mean i can go down the list of like you know uh rylan grant uh, uh david peppos i mean david peppos has his awesome book called uh, spencer and Locke. uh he has the greatest tagline it goes uh what if uh what if calvin and hobbs grew up in sin city so <laughs> it's such an awesome book um, it's, there's just so many people. Um, my good friend, Su- uh, Susan Botello, I met her at Comic-Con because I was like, you know, I, I did all these interviews. It's time for me to be a fan. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to look at the program and see what kind of panels that I can go check out. And one of the panels that I saw was, um, you know, how to pretty much, uh, you know, use your, your smartphone to make movies. Right. Right. So, uh, I met her, uh, at her panel. And it was such an awesome panel, and we became good friends. Like we've been on each other's podcast, and then eventually she asked me if I could be a, a, brand, a brand ambassador for for the International Mobile Film Festival. So I'm always oh, cool. uh, I'm always happy to you know help out whenever I can. So it's you know all these 
all these things that lead to other things. It's such a it's such a weird thing. You don't, you know. I I look forward to Comic Con not only to for these interviews but also to network. Even if it's just accidentally, you know, it right. kind of works out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you sort of have to look out for it and, and be open to it. So, yeah, and and you know, in the beginning, I was always about you know, I wonder how how, how our numbers are going to be. You know, what's what's your numbers for the month? So I'd be checking the analytics all the time. But then, I kind of thought. You know, I shouldn't be too worried about that because one day somebody came out to me um, and they said, you know that I, I listened to your podcast uh, featuring, I think it was David Peppos, and mm-hmm. that, you know, that convinced me to go check it out. And I, I bought all his books. So I was like, that's great, man. I'm like, wow. You know, and, and, and since that day, and I've, I've talked about this in other interviews, you know, it's just to me, it's all about the power of one. If I can just, you know, uh, having a, po- a positive influence, influence on just one person. It's, it's all worth it to me, you know. Absolutely, no, I absolutely agree. Um, as long as you know you, there's there's an audience that is listening like that. You had direct evidence of that. That's mm-hmm. that's super great, right? Um, since we're talking about comic books, I mean, like, I I know I asked this like from uh, a lot of people that come in here, but like, mm-hmm. what, what what were your comic books growing up? Like, what was the one? Who were oh, you guys? Gosh, I, I I grew up on a Marvel fan, so that's that's right. what I grew up on. Marvel. Um, Marvel, yeah. So, so I grew up. <laughs> I, I grew up reading like you know uh, the Avengers and Silver Surfer, Ghost mm-hmm. Rider uh, was was huge. Um, X Men, uh, but not too heavy on X Men. But I but I enjoyed the stories. Um, uh, New Mutants. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, pretty much a, a lot of them. But yeah, I would say those were probably my my, my go to uh, for for when it comes to Marvel comics. Did you did you uh, buy from comic book stores or did you have subscriptions mailed to you? And um, if subscriptions mailed to you, what were they? Oh, I see. Uh, no, no subscriptions. There, 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 there was a comic book store. Tell me like, now. Within, within bike riding distance from my house, so I was right. always able to, to get comic books there. So. Ah, cool. Now, did you ever get to meet Stan Lee anytime in? Uh... No, I, I haven't. But um, I, I got to attend a bunch of his uh, interviews. I got pretty good photos and, and, and video for one of his panels at. Um, I think it was LA Comic Con because you know they have that big booth. The Hot Topic booth was there. Right. Oh. So I, when so it was I, called Hom- oh Kamikaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was called <laughs> Kamikaze. So I, 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 we had pretty good seats. Or, you know, we stood in line for like forever, and then we got pretty mm-hmm. good spot. So I got pretty good pictures and, and video of, of, of uh, a couple of his panels. So that was that was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Super yeah. cool. It's yeah. it's so strange to me, like how I mean he is you know R.I.P. But he was he it was so hard to get to him, and like he's such a big character now or you know sure. recent years but right. i remember back in the days when i was a kid and i went to the in san francisco went to like a, a cow palace and they had a comic book convention there and the i don't even recall the line was that long to meet him like to get him to sign my comic book and it right. was, he, he was so cool <laughs> and i i kind of forgot about it until i was going through my stuff and i found a picture with him and i was just like oh crap that's, that's so right dope, i dude. met i met <laughs> stanley so cool. and, and you didn't have to pay for photos with these right. celebrities back then, <laughs> back then oh you're like he's God. like can i take a picture yeah sure you take your and then take a picture and then i was like oh shit i got to meet stan lee <laughs> See, that, go ahead no. oh no no and yeah and i have I've, I'm lucky enough to have comic books, and I, again, I didn't have to pay for him to sign my comic book. I was like, because now it's like five, ten dollars to get your stick, to, you know, for them to sign your comic book. That's cool. <laughs> See, it's crazy because like back the, back in the day, like Stan was only known from basically like Stan's soapbox, you know, his column at the end of like mm-hmm. of comics, and um, 
I mean, everybody that was like a hardcore comic geek knew of him and like the story of all that stuff. But oh, like, yeah, and it still says Stanley presents. Stanley presents <laughs> exactly. And who is Stanley? But like, once the MCU started, gosh, he must have you know, popular <laughs> must have shot through the roof. Now he's definitely he was definitely a, a a really good marketer for the company. It's true. It's true. Um, what? So you're. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I, I asked this uh, to our last guest as well, but I was wondering if there are any interesting questions that I ever popped up in a panel you either had, uh, attended or led um, at Comic-Con. And so what was it? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. I mean, they have all been, I've, I've moderated a few panels myself. Um, I mean... And nothing really, nothing really outlandish, but really, really pops or, up in my head. Or like, uh, <laughs> what is one of the panels that you've led that have been, you know, some of your favorite experiences at Con? Um, yeah, um, well, not at, not at San Diego Comic Con, but um, mm -hmm. I, I, my, I have a friend, good friend. His name is Keith and Jones. Mm -hmm. He's the uh, owner and publisher uh, of the publishing company called Kid Comics, mm -hmm. and he has a comic book called The Power Knights. Well, mm -hmm. he spear he, he spearheaded a. Uh, uh, something called uh, Black Comics Day down here, down here, uh, here in San Diego. Nice. And um, he asked me to be a moderator for a few of his, a few of the panels for the last couple of years. It's the um, Empowered panel: how uh, indie creators uh, build uh, uh, universes and communities. So um, we've had really good discussions both times. And uh, now I, I, I'm just honored that he asked me to to be part of it. It's really yeah. cool. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you, like, what's it like being, you know, being a moderator for Black Comic Day and then you're doing an, you're organizing a Philam Creators Con also. Is mm -hmm. that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah tell oh, us is about that still happening? Um, no, we're, we're postponing. <laughs> we're pushing it till next year because, because, ah. because we, you know, there's been talks yeah. of, about having it as a virtual con, but mm -hmm. we, we, we all sort of. Why do us the disservice, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've all, we all came to the conclusion that the first one should be a national event with, with live right. people. You well, know, for the so. people that don't know, can you explain what that uh, the Filipino uh, Creators sure. Con is? Uh, well, okay, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll, Con. we'll talk about that first. Well, well, you know, I'm gonna talk about Black Comics Day first because I, I yeah. drew inspiration from that uh, also. So, uh, as I mentioned, Keith and Jones he uh, he uh, organized this event I think uh, back in 2018, and he got some pretty big uh, uh, creators that are uh, you know uh, African American, and um, uh, people like uh, you know. Uh, we got uh, John Jennings, um, David Walker, um, you know, a lot of a lot of heavyweights. Um, so that was that was really it was really really well received within the community. It was held at, at a library, um, a local library, and uh, the turnout was great. Uh, we had really good coverage. Uh, we did a podcast up in L.A. Um, and we invited all these people, like uh, Hannibal Taboo. Uh, he writes for Bleeding Cool, and he's also uh, pretty good. He's a pretty awesome comic book creator in his own right. Um, Jason Reeves, uh, he owns his own publishing company. So, and Keith oh, wow. Jones was there too. So, um, yeah, it was it was a really good uh, interview. And so, from 2018 till till this year, um, it, it was such a, a huge and, and monumental event. And it's it just grows bigger and bigger. I mean, it's it was called Black Comics Day, but it actually became a two day event. So I'm not sure what they're going to call <laughs> nice. it next year. So, but anyways, um, so fast forwarding to to the idea of of uh, uh film and creator con uh the, the idea sort of popped in my head when i was at comic con last year and i went to go to a panel um that that featured my friends uh 
uh, the accidental aliens and they're a group down here in san diego they make their own comic books and they make uh, they also have their anthology that they create as a team every year um uh, one of the members there, Scott Lost, uh, he came out. Scott really, Lost, man. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah. he's a good guy. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. Um, and he has an interesting story, too, because he was a right. former wrestler, a pro yeah. wrestler, and now he's a, he's a comic book <laughs> That's player. how I know him. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, so we were just, uh, you know, catching up outside. And then, my, and then my, you know, my good friend Corinne walks by with her sons. Um, and, you know, she's, she's really big here in San Diego as a, um, uh, as a community organizer. And she's a, she's an educator, and um, so I kind of just thought, wow, I have an artist here, I have a you know a community organizer, you know, like wow, what if we had our own convention that showcased you know Filipino American talent and then the pop culture scene, you know? Right. So, anyways, I, I marinated on that uh, for a while, and then I kind of pieced everything together, started you know reserving dom- possible domain names and uh, uh, social media accounts. And then I, I brought it up uh, with, uh, with with Scott and Corinne and another artist. And um, my friend, uh, Matt Dunford, he, um, he's the, the present, current uh, chairman of uh, uh, San Diego Comic Fest, which uh, was founded by uh, uh, Mike Tauri, who was one of the original uh, co-founders of uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, um, he, he mentioned that he... Um, it's kind of funny because he mentioned that, hey, what if you hosted at this library? And I had already known the librarian there, you know. Her name's uh, uh, Susan uh, uh, Vega. We, we had gone to school, high school together. So <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, uh, once we had that conversation, it's like, oh, yeah, hey, you know, we just caught up. And, and uh, so, so we asked her, hey, would it be, you know, could we host or would you mind hosting our, our convention at your library? And uh, she asked her, her uh, you know, powers that be, and she said, yeah, this would be cool because she said that we've been trying to, to get events uh, to be hosted at our, at our location. So, uh, but, you know, I, unfortunately, this whole uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic happened and, well, you know, we're just going to have to push it till next year. So, right. I got the uh, notification yesterday that you were canceling it and I, I got a oh, little sad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But uh, you know that'll give us more Re- time to be rescheduling. Yeah, that, yeah. Right? rescheduling exactly. <laughs> so it's so I've been I've been I, it's funny because I was I've been now that I have more time free time on my hands, um, I've been working on the website and the logo. So I I, I I finished everything and I presented to the team, but then it's like on our on our team meeting we just oh, you know what it's probably a good idea if we postpone till next year. So that's the way it goes. <laughs> right. but, uh, it's, I mean, you know, let's all stay, stay safe and all that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I definitely appreciate the work. I mean, I can't wait to, you know, till it comes back around next year, it's going to be, uh, you're going to have an entire year to make it like super, really, yeah, exactly. really super badass. So yeah. And, and, I, and, and just, you know, full disclosure, I had talked to Rodney about it and I, I was going to, I was asking if, you know, if there's some way that we can get, uh, you know, uh, Phil, I'm creative and Pangiri involved. That'd be kind of cool. So, Ooh. is that? Yay. Oh, yeah. us? Yeah, no way. <laughs> Let us be involved. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, more, more of that. That's so. cool, man. I mean, hey, yeah. Quizling, Quizling God in uh, on the chat says, gives me a year to plan a trip. So there right. you go. Thank you. I don't know so where Quizling God is from, but like, yeah. And, and tickets Absolutely. are tickets are free because it's, it's at a library, and so uh, there's no cost. Or yeah, I mean, no cost. Like, yeah. yeah, got it. That's a okay, that's awesome. fine. I can't stand outside and charge no, <laughs> that'd be like two dollars i know so, <laughs> so, so no lobby save your money for the artists i know you know that's how it works 
Indeed. Uh, I'm glad that me and Caitlin got to experience Comic-Con last year. That one time. Versus this year. <laughs> wow, wow yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that was such a good, uh, awesome memory. Uh, me and Caitlin were in, in a panel together. So that was yeah, I, I had the honor of sitting next to Mr. Navis here <laughs> uh, in that panel in that library. I can't yeah. even remember what it was. It was about podcast stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. what was it about again? Yeah. <laughs> no, good times. We're mm-hmm. glad to have you on, and we're very happy to be interviewing you today in these Thank dark so much, yeah. and troubling times. Yeah. A beacon of light appears. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of dark and troubling times, uh, did we watch Watchmen today, Joe? Yes, we did. All right. We watched Watchmen. Are we going into it now? Oh. Are we going into it now? Are, I have to be careful because I watched episode two. I kind of oh. faster. So, oh, this is perfect. No you can join in. I have to be careful because I finished the series. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Walter. How are we on time? Well, okay. we started late. Should have yeah, 15 minutes that. at least. Yep. So, um, yeah, Watchmen season one, episode one. Uh, what an episode, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did y'all think overall? I mean, first off, it makes a reference to the Tulsa massacres right. of uh, 1921. And uh, it so happens that it happened May 31st, June 1st, which is, oh, today, Whoa. you know? Yeah. So it's the 99th anniversary wow. of that happening and could not have been talked about at a more poignant time i guess yeah. crazy yeah. how time lines up like that right yeah and, and like, I ne- i've never heard of that massacre before to be honest with you before watching t- um watchmen yeah oh wow oh aaron you're brave i, I was just gonna <laughs> pretend i knew about that, it that was like one everyone of the, else did. yeah sorry guys yeah. <laughs> one of the things i wanted to ask you guys mm-hmm. um because um this is actually it, it is when this happened when it, when it first aired right. It was the same thing. A lot um, of people. A lot of people had no idea about it. Had no idea. Yeah. They had like, to Google it. Quick recap. Like what? What? What happened basically? So essentially, it was their Wall Street. It was their Black Wall Street. It was black. It was Black okay. Wall Street. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then and there was a shoe shiner. Oh yeah, yeah. go ahead, Rodney. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Earl. There was a shoe shiner who's uh, um, who's accused of uh, attacking a white woman, and um. that kind of sparked everything off. Um, I for, I'm like not recalling his name right now. Um, uh, Dick Roland. Dick Roland. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, so people, you know, gathered a mob and uh, did what a bunch of racist assholes do. And um, that became the, the, the thing that sparked off this entire thing. And they destroyed all the businesses in, in um, this neighborhood in Tulsa. And uh, there were like, airstrikes there was a lot of well, there was a lot of fucked up shit and a lot of they were already suspected of like they were looking for an excuse to attack the the neighborhood or the community because there were a lot right. of really affluent uh african-american mm-hmm. uh living there and being there and they were they were doing really well and right. yeah, yeah, for yeah, those yeah. people that live there really hated seeing that so they yeah. couldn't stand it they were oh just waiting goodness. for an excuse yeah. and once so that then, happened uh-huh. and once that happened the massacre started they and how an many excuse. people died 300 up to 300 oh, shit. i saw them like dragging but like they had attached bodies it to was... like a wagon of some kind and dragging them through the street 
Yes, one of the earlier American mass shootings. I, I honestly don't They're know, um, like how, you, you know, I haven't read a lot about like uh, a lot of like personal stories on the matter, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, just the way it's depicted in in, in Watchmen, I'm sure it's it wasn't too far from the truth. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh my God, this is saying uh, that only this year in 2020 was the massacre. Uh, did it become part of the Oklahoma school curriculum? Oh my gosh. This piece of history was like omitted. Oh gosh. That, that, I mean, that's just par for the course with regards to American education. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much, yeah. Yeah. I can say for a fact, I didn't learn that in high school. That's what I wanted to ask you guys, like Mm -hmm. out of, out of all of us who had heard about it before. Before Watchmen, yeah, before no, yeah, I, I, did. I, I but, think I've heard of it, but I didn't know. Like, I, I, I took ethnic studies class, and yeah, right. yeah, and, and this is not like literally. This is there. not like okay, gotcha or anything. It's literally just mm-hmm. like right. just yeah, yeah, yeah. showing it's that just, like, yeah. we yeah. weren't Things taught gotcha. this in our our history. Yeah, absolutely. Right, 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 so right, right. I, I had read about it because uh, the art, the reason why Watchmen even exists, and we can talk about it more when we talk more about like Watchmen. Was mm-hmm. Taniasi Coates actually wrote an article about uh, Black Wall Street and the Atlantic? Yeah, and okay. uh, and and Damon Lindelof read the article, and that's how he discovered about it. And he had the same feeling. He's like, "Whoa, I had never heard about this before." But I had heard about yeah. it, but I didn't know the details. So when the actual episode opened up with that, uh-huh. I was right. like, "Yo, this is—they're going deep in this it. is yeah. amazing." Right. So. Yeah, so that alone is like something to explore. It's like, how, yeah. do, how do we not know about these things? Yeah, right. and why did it take um, this genre story mm. to sort mm. of like delve into these issues? Right. Mm. So mm. I, it, it's just curious to see, and I'm I'm curious to see too in in the chat, like how mm. many people yeah. had heard about it before Watchmen at all. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, Zay uh, Chanel. Um, oh. I- Oh, it just says hi. Thanks for being here. But oh, okay. um, also, um, Quizzling God says Zero on Edge was bound to get bad. Uh, Jin Chronic uh, mentioned that it's called uh, Black Wall Street, and white supremacists were deputized as sheriffs. Sheriffs is, is a fact. Quizzling God did actually hear about this beforehand as well. So there's somebody, a few people in chat who you know have heard about it before. Yeah. But um, well, I'm just uneducated swine. I again, I was just gonna be like, oh yeah, we totally learned this in class. I mean, well, I wasn't gonna say that, but <laughs> I assumed it was a big thing, and it's sad that it isn't because many of us didn't know about it. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that is not covered in in American textbooks. I mean, it's if true. you know us like being uh, a lot of us being Filipino American here, the Philippine American war wasn't even covered in a lot of high school textbooks until very recently. Yeah. And it was called the Spanish American yeah. war. Spanish and they didn't American. Yeah, it was called, yeah, it was called Spanish and, American war. <laughs> and then they didn't cover the death tolls. They didn't cover like the massacres. any of that stuff, the massacres, the, the torturing. The, they don't, um, yeah. they don't talk about stuff. how Mark Twain was against it and was actually yeah. an advocate against Filipino American war. How they called us the N word as well. Yeah. Yeah. None of that. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, oh. A lot of the episode, sorry, just, no, just talking ahead. about Tulsa overall, because Tulsa is in Oklahoma, the entire right. pilot runs around the theme of Oklahoma during uh-huh. this time. Like the show, and how, yeah. And how lynchings were like an actual thing. Like right. people did not even blink at them. It's horrifying, you know. Horrifying. It's like absolutely horrifying, but like that runs as a theme throughout the uh, the pilot as well, you know. Even down to the musical Oklahoma, mm-hmm. 
where um, the episode takes this title, you know, like it's summer and we're running out of ice. I mean, like I, I read an article that was basically saying like, you know, maybe they use that title because after so many bodies have been, you know, after so many people have been killed, mm-hmm. you have to yeah. freeze the bodies to even be able to bury them, you know, right. and yeah. it's in the middle of summer back in 21, it's summer and you're running out of ice. Right. And it's 2020 and there's no ice in my fridge right now. So we've come full st- <laughs> full circle. Full circle. <laughs> but it but is I mean, sad. It is sad that we're 99 years after that. And yeah, nothing changes. Off. I mean, the no. part of that is that, like, you know, you erase history. You you erase the lessons from it. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. And, I um, yeah. and I think that's one of the things that's, um, you know, from the interviews I'm seeing and, like, a lot of the activists and the protesters today is, like, yeah. and the discussions is, like, because America doesn't teach people these things and no right. one, because America doesn't have, hasn't faced this the conversation and hasn't had the tough conversation about racism Why and systemic yeah. systemic racism yeah. and the, the hate and the chip on the shoulder that a lot of Americans, especially you know, African Americans, people of color, mm-hmm. have right. because of the treatment they've received. You know, Walter, I'm glad you bring up that point. I think like to delve into it a little more politically, uh, do you guys think that because of all these riots happening now? there will finally be some kind of legislative change because people have been writing, right? And, and right now, maybe I'm just being triggered because I'm about to have an argument with someone on Facebook after this podcast is over. But right. because I, I think the idea is like, people are like, how could they be rioting and looting right now? Like, we should not be condoning that. But in my head, I was always like, what do you do when protesting for years doesn't work anymore? Exactly. Well, after it the hasn't thing, been working. Uh, Ask uh, the Hong Kong people, you know. Well, after, after the after, after the death of Martin Luther King, yeah, uh, there was a whole whole slew of riots, and, uh-huh. and I right. think with, and that's with, what with, actually, with, yeah, right. So within a few weeks, the yeah. uh, Civil Rights Act got passed. So yeah, that's why I hate that meme that's going around. Which one? Using Martin Luther King as like oh, oh like yeah. he's like holding peacefully yeah. whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. like yeah. The he's like, of Martin Luther King did, for this didn't commit violence, for still made yeah. change. Yeah. Like not nah, bitch. He fucking like, died. No, no, no. He, was a, shot. he was assassinated. He was shot. Yeah. And then there was a bunch of shit and that happened afterward. That's what caused the civil rights movement and things happened. His violent death is what caused the riots and then the the civil rights act to be passed exactly do not put this on like on on the uh mm-hmm. on the establishment to, yeah, to say like man. oh that's you know we we see what what your your we see what your your gripes are and we're listening to them because yeah. they are not when it comes down to it what it's going to be it's going to need is it's going to take like economic like like well, a hit to the, the like uh, uh, the financial stability of the ruling class it, it, it will, but not just that. I mean, I think people are also concerned about injuries, you know, and death. Right. I and property call, damage. Call me a radical for saying this, mm-hmm. but I will go so far as to say systemic racism has been has gone on far longer than any of that happening. Longer Absolutely. than the pandemic. Longer than Absolutely. your house getting burned or your your things getting looted. I mean, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's also terrible. Fucking systemic racism against black people. 
and lynch that is and killing it is you know? it is it's been around far longer than yeah. this it's not going to be changed overnight with something no, like this this is just no. like one more step they always say like when we're talking about like real systemic change that yeah. you should not expect it in your lifetime and i yeah. kind of don't yeah. because no, like this no, is just no. this is just one step the whole thing is that you have to remember this history and as long as they're 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 erasing shit like this yeah. from the daily from our history books yeah from, you know it's going to be harder like with the internet around but as long as we forget things are going to stay the same and yeah. we have to be really careful because the same people who want these things to be struck from the record are the ones that want us to forget so that history right will exactly they're the ones who benefit i also and, feel uh, like it, it's the people who haven't really experienced the racism <laughs> you know what i mean oh it's always it is. yeah yeah this person i'm about to get into an argument with is white and they're not even from america you know what I mean? Right. So I, I yeah, you have I mean, no idea. Yeah, he's an amazing person. Don't get me wrong, but I got to break it down like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I let, I, like in Hong Kong, they've been protesting for how many decades now and it's not working. So yes, human behavior, we will resort to violence in order to be heard. Sorry, and, um, sorry, off. I, I was just sorry on another geeky topic. Uh, one, of my friends, <laughs> one of my friends, I'm actually similar, similar, but related topic to what sure. you just said. Yeah, Caitlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my friend Marvin Choi, who is a Korean American uh, filmmaker, uh -huh. he has a, a video game channel. And today he uh -huh. was playing a uh, prison architect. Yeah. And in Prison yeah. Architect, he was like, I'm going to draw, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to draw a metaphor right now because basically yeah. right. you, you're you like the, you know, you're running a you, prison and there's yeah. different like It's like SimCity for prisons. Right. And Ooh. you like see top down, like all your inmates and like you can like adjust their interactions, their food levels, whatever, you know? Um, so he was just like, let me just demonstrate what happens when huh. you take away a resource from somebody like mm -hmm. a right to life right or a right to mm -hmm. eat yeah. every human being right. has a right to eat uh has a right to safety yada yada so he takes down the food from the entire prison he takes okay. away food from the inmates okay. which you're not supposed to do right? which you're not supposed to do yeah they start rioting even oh. in a virtual simulation they start yeah. rioting and yeah. he was saying like was it these prisoners fault for uh -huh. rioting and looting yeah. Or was it my fault for taking their food away? Oh my God, that brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because ultimately you can't blame them yeah. for having a very human reaction to yeah. their like for a natural to right. I need <laughs> right. a natural to right be yeah. taken away. To survive. Yeah. You know, it's on me, the person who took it away. Yeah, the what the M one power. Ooh. Right. Mm. But I, I would yeah. I would like to shift this back into um because sure. we're we're talking Sorry. about this in context of uh well, sure. of, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Of well Watchmen. not just Watchmen, yeah. but like genre genre sure. fiction yeah. in general like mm -hmm. uh for a lot of our uh, the our media history genre mm -hmm. fiction has become kind of the way to broach the subject mm -hmm. and, um, yeah and mm -hmm. not necessarily uh you know in an outward way half the time yeah i mean if we're talking about like um you know, I, I'm not sure if Rodney brought this up, but if we're talking about like uh, 
um, Star Trek, old school Star Trek, like original mm-hmm. series Star Trek. Um, we see there, we see breakdown of racial lines. We see breakdown of like societal lines in that it's a utopia and everybody is equal. We have uh-huh. people from different races, creeds and cultures on one starship working towards a common goal. And that's something that we had not seen. If you think about like the time and place where that show was created and then distributed on online, it's, it's, it's quite, quite very much revolutionary. Yeah, there's an interesting story. Um, I don't know if you guys know who uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is. The astrophysicist. Of course. Of course. Let's get All right, all right. Well, anyways, he, he, has, he has this. He has this pretty. He has this pretty cool story uh, where he interviewed uh, Nichelle Nichols, who played uh, who played who played Lieutenant Uhura. Uhura. Oh, so, right. so so in, the, in that story, um, uh, she she recounts how she had talked to Martin Luther King. And she, right. she told Dr. King that, uh, you know, I'm thinking oh, about this is a great story. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking about yeah. uh, quitting Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? She said that to MLK. Yeah, mm-hmm. she did. Oh, shit. So, OK, so but and then he says, why would you do that? We, we love you. We love the show. We're big fans of the show. Aww. You, know, you, you, you know, you have an opportunity to, to showcase, uh, you know, a, 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 you know a, a person who has, you know, the ability that 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 you do mm. it, it's not because you're black it's because you're you're qualified you know? right. so so that that helped her that helped motivate her to, to stay on the show mm. so, thanks mlk yeah thank you for michelle <laughs> nichols is still alive by the way and yeah. she likes st- wow. she still makes a she she's still a makes a convention of she's alive Wow. Yeah. We should get her on the show. Get her on the show. Yeah. Next time. Because she's like there every year at um at Galfrey One. We'll see if that oh, happens nice. this year. But, yeah, you, yeah. She That's probably so looks great. like she's still 45. And she looks and great. Can, yeah. yeah, and you guys gotta remember too, like when Star Trek came out, that was a big risk and mind blowing huge thing yeah. to have such a diverse yeah. cast and to have that kiss. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh the kiss, right? Man and a white white man and a black woman to kiss. I want to look up that kiss. I want to watch and, it. And and uh, freaking uh, Hikaru Solo had a mm-hmm. had an Asian oh. helmsman. Sulu? Oh, Sulu. Or, sorry, yeah. Solo. Oh, Sulu. My bad. Like, <laughs> Sulu. He cut his Sulu. George Takei. Yeah. Yeah. George Takei. Han Sulu. Han Sulu. Yeah. Han, 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 Han Sulu. Han Solo. It's it's Sung Chang. It's Sung Chang. <laughs> Y'all know that that um, Sung Kang's character in um, Fast and Furious. His name is Han Solo. I oh, didn't know that. Yeah. Because it's, 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 it's a play. Yeah, yeah. It's a play. Offended, with... but okay. yeah. On yeah. on his on his tombstone, it says so Han Sol O. Sol O. Oh, inside joke. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Gin and Chronic says Star Trek is first black white kiss. Voyage first Asian non Asian kiss. Yeah. Harry Harry Kim kissed. Yeah. Tasha Yar. Or no, not Tasha Yar. No, no, y'all okay, was and, um, dead by them. Uh, who is I who forgot. Was... I know what you're talking about. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm you mean, I was yeah. not big into Voyager, so. An Asian guy kisses a non-Asian woman on screen, and that was. Yeah, it was the first like uh, interracial relationship for the Asian guy. Besides Harry... Seshu Hayakawa, you know. Yeah, way and, back I mean, and the fact I was that say, Harry... they have that in the 20s, you know. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, did but, you? Oh man! Oh, okay. go ahead. No, no, oh, no, no, no. And I, I was gonna say like, because yeah. <laughs> Sulu was the helmsman, right? So which he's, right. he's basically the guy who steers the ship, he's which driving. I also <laughs> driving, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. also kind of find funny because you know the, the stereotype, yeah, the stereotype. Yeah, but he's yeah. the one driving yeah. the the starship. So I, I was like, hey, that's kind of cool. But, but he does eventually <laughs> end up becoming captain of his own captain, ship. Eventually. Yeah, he does. Uh, oh. Captain um, of the Excelsior. The, Excelsior. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I love when he when he appears and he's like, this is captain. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was dope, man. Does he, does when he, when he kiss he... a white woman? Uh, who's the lady who ki- he kisses? Uh, oh, Harry Kim kisses somebody, a white woman, but that's on Voyager. Oh, that's, that's Voyager. Like, oh, that's what I'm sorry, on Voyager. Yeah. Did you yeah. guys ever watch the movie Romeo Must Die with Jet mm-hmm. Li? With Aaliyah. Yeah, yeah. Aaliyah? When, we, yeah. when <laughs> Jet Li gets a hug at the end? Yeah. Well, 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 well. Do you guys but know? But there there's the... an alternate cut. Yeah. Yeah. There's where they an kiss. alternate cut where they kiss, but preview audiences said they felt uncomfortable. Because they had a it. bunch of, uh, yeah. Little I mean, right. admittedly, he's bigoted, older. Uh, yeah. He is older. But Much like. But it happens in nah, Hollywood all the time. It's it happens, yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of old, Asian, yeah. old white dudes kissing young girls all the time in movies. And like, they had Bullshit. no problem with that. <laughs> Bullshit, I tell you. It was pure, just the, I think, racial. Like, I remember sitting there in that theater and I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And then and then that, that happened. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, that was... That, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Asian men's hearts broke everywhere. Oh. <laughs> terrible. Wait, uh, so, Aaron. Yes. What did you think when you first saw the pilot episode of Watchmen? Oh, um, you know, I I was like, well, at first I was saying, damn, Don, Don Johnson's on here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was, that, was, that? <laughs> what was that? Was Don He's, Johnson? Uh, the, he, plays, the, he plays the captain. Yeah, the captain. Yeah. Spoiler. No. Spoiler. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like a series regular, but no, they killed him off. I mean, when you got that star power, that's a safe assumption. Yeah, but like, yeah. no, he may come back in flashbacks. I don't know. But oh, yeah. he might. Um, yeah. yeah my, my initial thought was was you know I'm not too 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 knowledgeable of the, of the whole uh, Watchmen franchise, but you know I watched yeah. the movie and I watched a couple, I read a couple a couple of the issues way back in the day. Yeah. But um, it it doesn't feel as grimy and dirty as. As the movie or the, even the comic yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Um, Wait, the, the show, the show is not the show. as grimy as the comic book? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel as, as you know, yeah, it doesn't feel as grimy. It doesn't grimy. feel Alan Moore-esque. Yeah, exactly. You know, what I think it is is because it's it's away from a big city. Like, that's kind of uh, part of, like, the the, the character of um, Watchmen, the comic book, or, like, the Alan Moore book, is the griminess so, and the kind of the seedy underbelly of, of, of the big city. Mm-hmm. But, and we don't get that because we're in the countryside. Can I ask a question? As someone who has never read Watchmen and never right. seen the movie, um, there was definite things where I was like, you know, if I had read the, if I had a read the lost. book, I, I was a little lost, but I, I, I was like on board for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the characters in the show the same as the one from the movie or the comics? Or are they totally mm-hmm. different? Yes, okay. different. totally different. Well, there's different. some that are same. Some, yeah. are some are different. Some are, but like we, we have not gotten. Yeah. yeah you, they reference characters up. from yeah, they uh-huh. reference characters from the movie. Like this Jeremy is, Irons character? Because he stuck out. Yes. There, <laughs> there, like, there, there's that? there are it's kinda like you follow Justice League, DC Justice mm-hmm. Society. It's kinda yeah. like that where okay. Justice League is now and then Justice Society was like the earlier iteration. Okay. And then even uh-huh. this has a or even earlier version, like right. the uh, the character you're gonna run into, we're gonna learn more about later. Uh-huh. There's, it's like the 
early, the golden age heroes. And then the racist cult has built a cult around a character called Rorschach. So. Correct. I heard, I heard so Rorschach. Yeah, hold on. Let's, so let's that, spell out which characters are which. Like yeah. for right. her and for anybody who I doesn't know. Well. You yeah, asked yeah. about Jeremy Irons. He is yeah. not in the original. Uh, oh, his character. No, he, Wait, no, voice. Oh, he's voice. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. He is he's voice. Yeah. His okay. character and Dr. Manhattan so this, it, are it takes from... place in the same universe. Okay. It's Correct. just like yeah. we don't later. know at, at this point like yeah. whether or not it's going to hook up with the comics. I mean, I mean hook up with the 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 movie. We think it's uh, it's an alternate retelling, but, but it's the it's same world. The same world. Do you guys want me in to the answer future, that? Though. It's in like the a future, sequel. Yeah. Well, spoiler. Okay, don't, like, don't answer. It. No, no, no. But I'm saying like the movie yeah. is just like the comic book. It's it's okay. it's there's something the missing. From it's the, in the 80s, yeah. right? But what? this is, yeah. the The comic was like done the in the series is in the 80s, but the yeah. show is in 2019. They no, 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 no. The, we're talking okay. about the movie versus the TV series. Oh, 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 okay, okay. The movie gotcha. is based the off 80s. the comic book and graphic novel, okay, which gotcha. is based in the 80s. Okay. So now it's 2019. Okay. Yeah. Same, but so, same universe. It's like the same universe. Same universe. Same, yeah. universe. So same characters. Okay, okay. Rorschach so, is Rorschach in, in the comic books in, and in the Dr. movie. Dr. Manhattan is Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan is also the same. Have Rorschach yet? Like, who He's is dead. Person? He's oh, dead. He's dead. Yeah. Okay. He From dies movies. in, uh, yeah. In the original. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like so, an established thing. You have to watch it. Yeah. 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 It, just, it'll help. Just a, uh, like, I, kind of background is that before Rorschach dies, he sends off this letter um, to uh, like a memo to all the journalists in the city. Mm. And uh, this is kind of like what the, the conjecture is that all this uprising is um, stemming from that. Okay, from the letter that he yeah. writes to all the journalists. And what's in the letter? And we don't exactly know yet, but we know oh, that see, he ousts a lot I of don't, people. It'll ruin yeah okay. see i'm very much like yeah, stepping around, around things it. so okay okay yeah but like, that, know that that is the the background of this that mm -hmm. is uh, what um started this um conjecturally so yeah nick king's character is like a new introduction into the universe correct Who, these are new characters yes, yes she's new right. she's new so and i see because again these are all new people because it's 2019 now well right. because mm -hmm. i okay is she a superhero? Because I saw her beating people up, but I didn't really see superpowers. I don't think. Well, so, she's a, Jen. Yeah, yeah, you. You. you I don't know. Well, here, I'll, I'll answer it. I guess. Not again. Not everyone in Watchmen have superpowers. Oh, well, I don't think I've seen any superpowers yet. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there's people who just wears masks. There's just people who are vigilantes. Okay. There's some people with special skills. There, and then you know, so. It's a whole range of so things. So which, right. one, which one is Regina King's character? She works for the uh, police department, right? Sister Knight. Sister Midnight or something Her name like that, is Sister Knight. Or... The, so she's a vigilante? Or, 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 no, she's not. What is she? She's a she's police a officer. Yeah. But why does she wear an outfit and not um, like a scarf? Mm. Yeah. Right. Huh? Right. Oh, so that's why they don't show their faces. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Did they cover that in the first episode? Yeah, they come. They they talked about it. They yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Quick, wait, the, white, yeah. the white knight. Right. 
It's yes yeah, to protect their identity, and right. then if oh. you're like a high level cop, cop, then you wear like you, a full you special. Yeah. That's why all the cops wear masks. Yeah. That's why there's panda. That's why there's you'll, you'll see other uh, costumed or special cops. So what? So what masks would you wear if you were a cop during this time? Oh, good, Ooh, question. good question. Asking the real answer first, Aaron. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Aaron, what do you have in mind? Oh, um, I'd I'd be like the probably like the Kakashi uh, Anbu mask. Oh, nice. a Kakashi Kakashi yeah. Kakashi Anbu. Uh, cut the doll. Uh, the from Naruto, the. It looks like a cat. Yeah, it looks like a cat mask. Uh, okay. It's cute. <laughs> that's like, it's cute. Because uh, I mean, they have interesting ones in Watchmen, especially right. what's his name, the Mirror Ball, or what's his hit, the guy with the reflective mask. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that was an interesting one. Um, yeah, that's cool. It makes him yeah. look like he's just like oil slick or like invisible. Just a crow right. head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Destro's brother. I don't know. Destro. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> fucking, I don't know what Destro. my mask would be. I'm, I'm still thinking about mine as well. Uh, maybe I'd be a wolf because I'm wearing wolves right now and I like wolves. I'd be <gasps> or a Din third Stark. Like a Stark. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's why Wait, I'm wearing You'd be Din Jalen? <laughs> oh my- Din Jaren. Dinjarin, oh my god, you're the Mandalorian? <laughs> you're that's, the Mandalorian in Watchmen. Actually, that works though. Crossover. The biggest crossover event of the of the, the universe. Crossover event. Oh my god, kill me. No. Like, Maybe an alien? I think I'd be an alien. Like a, a xenomorph? <laughs> a big red suit. Or a big green no, suit. Green. Yeah. Like a, oh, like like a, a, like an a, alien. Like an alien. A yeah. gray. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll be a wolf, like a werewolf fest. I think I'd be like a kabuki, like cat mask or something. Mm. A kabuki we, can be, we can be partners. <laughs> yeah, like a kabuki mask. Yeah, you, you go along with Aaron. Yeah. I, I, I say straight up like uh, um, the Winter Soldier mask, though. That thing's dope. Uh, uh, yeah. Man, I don't know. <laughs> like, I know you're the only one who hasn't answered, Walter. I'm all out because I'm still stuck. In, like, I think my costume itself will be just me in a bahug. Oh my <laughs> god! Cloth. A loincloth. A loincloth. Nothing to your imagination. Naked. <laughs> yeah, just naked. That's well, there's the like those. You could you could have a fucking a Bakunawa mask, dude. The sea, the, you know, the four eyed like uh, sea serpent mask. Oh, yeah. yeah wait, cool. four eyed? Yeah, or six eyes? Six, six eyes. eyes. I don't know. I've never heard yeah. of that. No, yeah, it's like here and actually, yeah, actually you know, they're actually. Uh, Eyes that like one is uh, infrared, the other's night vision. Oh, I wear yeah, the yeah. mask. Vision. That'd be Girl, cool. I wear the mask oh. from Evangelion with the eyes. The Ava. Oh, with the Ava. Ava. Six yeah. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or seven. I think there's seven eyes. Yeah. The angel masks. The angel yeah. mask. Yeah. Oh, Angfer now says headhunter mask. Good call. <laughs> nice. I like how asking the Good real mask. important questions. Like, oh yeah, that's the important stuff. Really just if we were living in in the Watchmen universe, what would our mask look like? Oh, I mean, man. how ironic is it that, like, you know, cops are wearing masks and thing, and now technically we're all supposed to be I wearing thinking, masks. Yeah. No, I, I know like, it was like social COVID. distancing. Yeah, well, it's like they protected yeah. it. It was perfect. Yeah, I know. We're all wearing masks. They just oh missed it by God. one year. They missed it by one <laughs> year. Yeah, not even a year, a few months. Uh, a few Aaron, months. are you uh, caught up? How far have you watched into Watchmen? Season two, uh, episode two. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah. you're oh, you're relatively like on the same like yeah. on the yeah. same uh, step as we are. But yeah, I don't Did know. You like it, it sounds good. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting into it. Like I had a, well, besides this show, I've been, I've been pinching a lot of shows while I, while I do my, my, yeah. my projects. So like I, I got caught up on like Doom Patrol. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of shows I got, I got Can I- caught up in. Can I just say, uh, like going back to like, I, I find it interesting, like Watchmen and then how we've been watching Penny Dreadful lady, lately, right? Uh, so you know, I, I got caught up. I got caught up for that show too, just in case we were going to talk about oh, that. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> and then it's just <laughs> how interesting, like, cause yeah. yeah. Cause they're talking about like the riots, uh, yeah. you know, the LA riots well. then, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. and police brutality too. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's so apropos. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I'll have to it's look that hood. up and figure well, out what that means or all, but. Using these big words on me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nerd actually. Yeah, this is a nerd podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> um, SAT words. <laughs> yeah, and it goes back to saying like uh just just going back to what we were originally talking about, like some of these things, like even some of the, I'm pretty sure there's people who didn't know about like the history of the 110 freeway and the gentrification right. that was happening, how they all that kicked stuff. out and the riots and all that stuff is like, you know, heck, like I didn't know for a while the like Asian American history too about mm-hmm. the, you know, um, what do you call it? The, the dance halls, like the stuff that would happen right. to Filipino yeah. Americans well, here. The, right. the Monong generation. The like Monong generation. There's a name for it. Yeah. Mm. The like first dime, wave. Penny, dime halls, something like that. Yeah. The da- dance halls. Dance halls. Yeah, no, but there's like a, like how a much specific they charge, name for it. Yeah, yeah. How like much they charge them time. to go in. Yeah, it's like right. you pay a dime or something. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's stuff like that. that I, get, I mean, I, there's a lot of stuff in American history, right? But it's just crazy how much they don't teach you. Uh, you know, even when you go into AP history or AP right. American history, because yeah. those books are sanitized, dude. Yeah, I saw totally I are. saw one literally where they 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 reduced the Trail of Tears to like a paragraph. A page. Oh, God. Um, yeah. I hate that. A wow. paragraph. I will say, I you know, if there's anyone that went to you know like recently, like well, I have a friend. She she's like 23 now, so she was right. in high school in like early 2000s, right? And she and she went to school in Florida. And amazingly yeah. enough, she was telling me she did know about the Filipino American War. And right. oh, she like, did. She knew about the Jap, but she knew mostly also about the Japanese internment camps. Like that, right. I didn't know anything about back in high school. They didn't really, really, yeah, you didn't man. Learn that in high school, in high school, nah, they didn't. For Walter Montanar, college. Dude, oh my god, no, high school is bad. They, they, high school is oh, it's That's our terrible. fucking education system is shitty because yeah. it's like it's targeted at like the lowest common den- denominator and it's a god. business, which I mean, is the yeah. worst thing because like they have to sell those textbooks. I mean, I went Nobody's to an inner city school. School, you know, who my textbooks right. was like 10 years outdated, old as, fuck, old right? as hell um, and to be and like from what i learned eventually like all textbooks are print published in texas and the board <laughs> yeah. that like goes through it is in They're texas the ones that, yeah, like, exactly. super conservative no and wonder. literally doesn't want like you to learn shit that might make that make you question them and their well the, the thing is like as um, bad as our sanitized textbooks have been there are states, you know, in the South that still teach the lost cause theory, you know, which is that slaves were really happy being enslaved oh. and that the Confederates came out on top def- despite, you know, the Civil War. 
that is why Robert E. Lee statues are still standing still around in it's the kind South. Of, it's kind of ironic that Robert E. Lee himself didn't want any statues of, of himself put up. <laughs> he was just being modest. But yeah, a lot of a lot of friends that I have that came from the South and came to LA from the South were like, wow, like I had to re-educate myself because I didn't even learn that that was like a real thing until it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, it's like, uh, some of us have have had the uh, the the opportunity to learn things outside of high school because we had some yeah. some kind of mentor to teach us to read or things college, like even, or university you know, even university. Even, yeah. even if it's like you know yeah. kind of like uh, the the I don't want to say the easy stuff but like the stuff like lies my history teacher told me or uh, Howard Zinn's like um, a people's history of the United States. Mm-hmm. You know? All that stuff. And, uh, yeah. you know, p- people have been exposed to that stuff, but there's a lot, there's a large, a huge swath of the population that has never, none of that has ever been touched. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It doesn't I was, exist. Yeah, I, I was so lucky to have very, very intelligent history teachers. But, right. you know, the teacher I had for years in high school, very first day, she said, it's absolutely, completely impossible for me to teach you all you need to know about world right. history or U.S. history, but I'm going to try my best to speed through the parts that need to be highlighted. And she was always skeptical of like the government and textbooks in general. And my, my professor in college was the same. But I feel like if I didn't have that experience, maybe I wouldn't, you know, maybe I would have been lacking somehow in the, in the ma- ways that many of us are because our history lessons just aren't comprehensive enough. You know, but not everyone gets to go to college either. That's and not awesome. everybody, not everybody gets, to gets to go to college. college. The, yeah, it's a barrier. It's, like they're saying on the uh, chat like the internet is a great thing uh which is true and true. i think there's a lot of younger people that are getting educated and the scary but although the scary part is also there's a lot of misinformation on the internet and you just right. have to know to it's look hard for, to like yeah to differentiate um and which is the danger of the internet also like they still people still need a mentor to like what to look at how to discern correct information Right. Um, yeah. Even adults have yeah. that problem, yeah. right? Oh yeah. <laughs> All the time. Oh, yeah. Like, just All look time. at Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at the pandemic. I mean, just I'm look like, at Twitter. I, Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if like if the entirety of your um your paradigm can be paradigm can be summed up in a meme, then I don't know, man. Maybe you have to think hard. Maybe a rethink your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I and to kind of play devil's advocate, I sort of I think I remember having this conversation. Like my teacher in high school, like uh, my AP history teacher, right. he was like young. He was one of like these new, young new high school, new teachers. That's like so motivated. They're trying to like invigorate. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just having a hard time too, because he wanted to teach it, but he right. was being tied by the administration. Testing. Right? Like they did, testing. Testing. Well, not just that, but like right. you have to stick to a certain curriculum. And, yeah. and right. there's that, and there's that part already where you're teaching in an inner city Right. And some a lot of kids with chips on their shoulder, right? And then you teach them mm-hmm. how do you teach them this material that mm-hmm. might get them upset, or you know how do how will they take it? And you know will it make you angrier, or will it yeah. make you you know? And some of them are just scared that it's just gonna make them angry and whatever. I get that. It's, I can tell you, it woke me the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, and I think again, it's like it's the difference of how a teacher. Right. or a professor right uh presents it and gets people to discuss about it i mean i don't yeah. know like aaron or jen like what do you guys think wait sorry what, can you repeat the what question? Was the question? <laughs> oh no like how, presenting like how the difference of like uh teaching young kids and you know like 
Oh, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, because I, I was just perched on the thought of um, not only do history teachers, are they tasked with teaching what happened before, they should also be tasked with teaching how the ramifications of those past histories reflect on our societies today. Now, yeah. You know, because to just teach about history as though it were in the past is yeah. irresponsible, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you have to learn about how actually our entire nation was built on the backs of racism and exploitation slavery and slavery right. you know what i mean yeah there is no reason why america was able to like shoot to like a first world world power yeah. status yeah. without free labor yeah no yeah. There's absolutely not I think no you, it would just be impossible yeah I, I totally agree i think you need a couple of what what jen just said and also you sort of have to motivate you know, critical thinking skills as well, because mm -hmm. because right. that helps that helps helps germinate ideas on how to make the future a better place. You know, yeah. Wait, empower yeah. the people with knowledge? Yeah. I don't never. believe it. No, 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 no. I would That's never. That's a scary that. thought well, for people in power. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, there's a video floating around of um, uh, three, three, like three generations of, of black men. Mm -hmm. One's like, one's like, which is uh, fucking moving as fuck, man. Yeah, yeah, Wait, oh, yeah, yeah. What? yeah, yeah. Okay, there's, I think there's one who's uh, like 46 Six, or 47. Right. Yeah, there's uh -huh. one who's like 31, and there's one who's like 16 or 16. 17. Yeah. Wait, is he like, he, he's like getting, he's like yelling at? Yeah, a yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. that video. Oh, I, yeah. I saw it out of context, so yeah. I didn't quite understand it. Like, what? so, so, so anyways, it kind of goes back to what I was maybe trying to get at is that okay. so, so whatever's happened in the past hasn't worked. So, yeah. so, 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 so the guy is is arguing, hey. Uh, you know, young man, it's up to you to find a better solution. So, okay. Yeah. I didn't quite. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so how do you get to that better solution? I mean, I think you need to arm, arm the next generation with, 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 uh, with, with critical thinking skills, you know? Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, I think also just to jump in on that, I, I watched that video yesterday right. and what's really, and I encourage everybody to watch it. Can you it. link it to uh, us? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It's like I'm a bunch sure of different areas, but I'll find it. Yeah. Um, and I'll link it. Um, but one of the things that are really, really um, empowering and pretty powerful about it is three di three different generations, and you could just sense the deep. You feel the pain, passion, the deep yeah. pain, and the, uh, pain, the pain, and they're speaking. Oh, they're all like sixteen years apart. I just yeah. did that so they're, they're, oh shit. They're yeah. basically right in front, you know, at a protest. Yeah. And okay. They're they're essentially you know the guy is just impassioned and it's just it's painful. So I I definitely recommend anybody kind of watching it because you know and that's one of the things that they talked about in a lot of the you know bringing it back to Watchmen. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the yeah. things a lot of people wrote about and once you finish the series, I I would encourage everybody to to read these pieces because one of the things they they talked about was this sort of shared pain by the African American right. experience. Yeah. And this constant like you know it's been hundreds of years. It's been mm -hmm. hundreds of years. The original sin of the United States, like Jen said, was that, you know, the the, the America was built on the black uh, back of <laughs> the slave, blacks uh, of slavery. Yeah, the backs, backs of uh, black people. Uh, black people well, and also slavery. the blacks yeah, of slavery. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and, you know, and you know, even that also is just, you know, taking away from the Native Americans, you know, the yeah. you know, yes. like that. So these in the railroads. Colonialism, Let us not forget. Yeah. Right. This is all so, everything is stolen. Right. And so we we so. sit there and we stolen labor, it, right? stolen land, exactly. stolen history, how stolen do, culture. And how do we grapple? That, right like and i think yeah. that's i personally like since i have watched the whole series and i've i've, I've rewatched it since um mm -hmm. it, it's just so powerful because it uses genre 
to talk about this deep, deep, powerful subject, right? And yeah. it's entertaining. The acting is great. The writing is great. The production is great. But at the end of the day, it's still something that is just fucking powerful. So yeah. I encourage anybody that's like listening to us that haven't seen it yet or if they want to watch it, watch it again. You know, yeah. and so um, Fred like, Frazier in the comments, you know, he's he mentioned general gener- generation generation trauma, trauma oh. which is it's like something Ooh. I didn't know about, like uh, until later on. Like I learned about right. it, you know, because I, I immigrated to America and I didn't know anything <laughs> about that. And not, the school education system didn't help much in right, that. Except, right. uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, even then it's like for some of us, like I, I know everyone gets to have this conversation, be like, oh, I'm an immigrant. I'm doing well. I did this. How come they're not doing so good? Oh, blah, that blah, is blah. My you still had the fucking I was going to say, Walter, like we're, we're yeah. an all Asian American panel here yeah. in, in this room. And mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to like bring up something which has come up within my own parents as well and uh, as a topic of conversation. But mm-hmm. my own dad, like, of course, he wasn't educated here. He grew up during the communist revolution, but he also has internalized this idea of like, well, the law is always just. So it must mm-hmm. be whoever right. is punished under the law must have deserved that it. they must have done something wrong that yeah. they must have right. done something wrong to deserve yeah. it and yeah. like the yeah. only visible damage he can see is like rioting and people throwing shit and so he just automatically assumes like this is what's wrong not right. like systemic racism because again systemic uh-huh. racism uh-huh. is a invisible sin that you don't see unless you're like Unless you don't hold privilege. directly, right? Like you're, uh, not, you know, you're not yeah. Affected by it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, how have you guys? Have you ever, uh, all of us here, like, have you ever broached the subject with, you know, people in your immediate vicinity, Asian Americans especially? You know, I feel like should be held accountable because, like, you know, we, we are benefit. lucky enough. We benefit Absolutely. from the yeah. model minority myth. You know, yes, but yes. All the- of like, sorry, just just to finish this. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like all of like Asian American rights were like built on the backs of black power movement. You Absolutely. Know? Like there would be, we would not be in the nation today if it weren't for black yeah. people advocating feminism for immigration, yeah. you know? Yeah. So like, what have you had any conversations like that with family or like, have you noticed that people in your community understand or not understand like what's been your experience? I this just shouted everybody. everybody through Facebook. <laughs> shout, shout it! Oh, shout at everyone through Facebook. All I, caps. I just, I just shat on everyone. On I Facebook. just shat on everyone in Facebook. I do both. I, I mean, it's shat. like a it's a dual pronged approach Whoa. to my to dual my pronged. <laughs> I shit and I shat. Nice. I shout and I shat. I like how you just said dual pronged. Dual, dual pronged. Prong. Yeah. Said dual pronged. Shooting. Yeah. No, but like I, I was telling Jen this not too long ago you know we all know about how my dad doesn't believe in the pandemic right and like uh oh, last geez. week i was i was like having lunch with them for mother's day and my parents specifically my mom were bagging on the stimulus checks they didn't want there to be stimulus checks and, and i was like i'll wait, take wait, it what? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll take it no, no, no. i asked them i was like wait, wait, wait what's wrong with handing out 1200 dollars just once to everyone in the u.s 
And my mom was like, because it's encouraging lazy people to keep being lazy. And she was like, I don't understand how all these businesses are shutting down and the pandemic has only been going on for two months. And I was like, wait, mom, they're, not, they're not making money. How, what do you mean? Two and months is like, a disaster for so many people. No, 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 not according to my mom. My mom said, right. if you're starting a business, you should have more than two months money, uh, two months worth of money. <laughs> it's on it's all ideal. Some, some businesses yeah, got it's money. All <laughs> and then on top of that, I asked them, I was like, so did you guys get your stimulus checks? All of a sudden, my mom changes her tune. She's like, oh, I got mine. She was like, yeah, I got mine. Like, that. she said with attitude. She's like, yeah, I got my stimulus check. And I was like, so it's okay for you to get stimulus checks, but it's not okay for poor people to get stimulus checks? She was yeah, like, I mean... That's that's the real looters, the the corporations that have oh, yeah, money absolutely. was taking. Those are the yeah. real looters, really. I, I don't um, think my parents realize the sheer amount of like billions to trillions of dollars yeah. that the wealthy in this country are taking hold of. And yeah, and I, and going back to Jen's also like uh yeah like I've been fortunate like my I've had conversation with my parents and they're pretty open minded in a sense that um sometimes it gets pretty controversial but like the kids are pretty like me my sisters uh if we have to we'll we'll jump on them <laughs> we'll team up like against literally. them <laughs> we'll team up yeah. against them with uh you know uh, but yeah i've been i've been fortunate that they're not like super they're not like threatened to disown me because of this and that and oh, and if they did i'd be like okay uh, well, we we gotta we gotta start wrapping this up. Oh, so, uh, we've been talking. Uh, one one last question. Since we're talking about like uh, genre fiction, and how can we use these stories, especially since all of us are creators here? Like, how can we use these stories to affect change? Well, mm. I think ahead, I think I think just off the top of my head, you know, just looking at back back about like the history of comic books and how. Uh, black people have been represented in them. I mean, mm -hmm. you go back to like, say, um, Will Eisner's The Spirit, which took place in the, in the 40s. You had a character called Ebony White. Um, and it was, he depicted it as a sort of like black-faced character. But at the same time, he imbued that character with, um, it was it, it was like a really good person that you could follow and emulate. And, and, and Ebony White was sort of like Cato to the Green Hornet, to, to The Spirit. Right. So, so anyways, you, you go from that to, it, it isn't until like say 19, I think 1966 where Jack mm -hmm. Kirby uh, creates the Black Panther where you mm -hmm. have, where yeah. you have uh, uh, the first true black superhero who's depicted as somebody who's strong, smart, right. um, and, and mm -hmm. looks, 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 looks like a black person realistically. Um, so it, it's not until 1966. And um, I mean, uh, and, 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 and then you go through the seventies and you have all these black exploitation characters. Um, and then uh, finally you get to like 1993, I believe where milestone comics comes in. Uh, there was an imprint for, uh, for DC, but it was started by a bunch of um, uh, black comic book creators. So that's where static shock was created. Mm. Um, static so, shock. Um, and, and it's not until current, the current times now where you get uh, a lot of other uh uh, black comic book creators like Sebastian Jones, he's uh, he's he's part of uh, he's he's founder of, of uh, Stranger Comics, and um, he's he's in talks with HBO right now to develop his uh, his universe into into a show. So that's right. in talks right now. Um, and and like I mentioned, Keith and Jones, it's like so. 
it, it takes it takes a while for this to happen, but it isn't until black creators can create their own characters that it, it does happen. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's yeah. where that's where, you know, for us, you know, for us to have control and to create the characters and stories that we want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think every, everybody's like on the right path. Yeah. uh, I agree. And, um, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, it's like, yeah, creators, but also allies that will support them. You know, like if just say, just like how, if Will Portasio had a really good ally, we could have had a Filipino bishop, Filipino bishop, Filipino bishop. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think just, and then you talking about Black Panther and just like how amazing was the Marvel Studios Black Panther and just the dude, I cried during that shit, man. Oh, yeah. going back to Black Panther and Jack Kirby, originally, um, the the powers that be at Marvel originally said that they w- they wanted Black Panther wearing a mask, right? You no, know? wow. But uh, his initial uh-huh. concept, his initial concept, Jack Kirby was 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 steadfast that he wanted him not to wear a mask. Get, you know, one all his face all up in here. Yep. One like kind of uh, you know unmasking haha of racism ah. in uh, I would even say the Chinese press for Black Panther the movie mm-hmm. right. put him in the mask because they were afraid oh. that a <gasps> black protagonist would not right. sell oh. in China. Right. Wow. So did it? He was work? wearing his. I don't know, man. People still didn't <laughs> understand the movie. Like, why? Oh, really? In China? They didn't understand the movie because they also don't really understand American history, you know? Right. So it's like, they don't get what the big deal you, is. If you yeah, see yeah. Black Panther movie posters in China, he's completely Covered. in the suit. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, we really got to push this, but like, sorry, do, yeah. do we have answers? Uh, what, what can we do? Yeah. Oh. When, what? what what can we do as creators to to have our art become a force for change uh particularly with the black lives matter movement or just everything in general change uh positive societal change toward a uh more equitable future dang i, I feel um, like I, I was gonna be like read mine and jen's comic book but i, I, I don't feel comfortable i don't feel comfortable i mean i think yeah. me personally i think just creating content and then yeah. trying to insert factual uh you know realities into it like i mean i remember even some stuff like reading comic books uh at a young age they would mm-hmm. reference certain like oh this happened like it's like a little tagline but that would be enough for me to like right. oh maybe like look it up later in the library in now the yeah, library. The inter- <laughs> yeah back then before the back internet. in the 40s back right? then, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and now you can just look it up on the internet and i think that's it's it's great but just like even just like putting little seeds of uh roots about history so people can look it up and even or and just basing some stories uh from history you know right i also uh, i wanted to echo what uh, nicole said in chat amplifying black voices i think you know if we have people of color up top at the creator level that are able to control the creative like conversation that's more beneficial than having white creators tell tell colors for uh, tell what like, story stories should be told. for people right. of color you know yeah i, I would take that yeah. even further i think we mm-hmm. should be actively creating opportunities for people of color to even be encouraged in the first place absolutely because yeah. i know we were all kids at one point in time and all of us would dream momentarily that someone like us would occupy a leading space in a movie or a show or a book 
And then right. part, the another part of our brain would be like, oh, but that would never happen, right? Yeah, right. They would say, but that would never happen. My dad told me when I was a teenager, he's like, I don't know why you're doing this acting thing. There's nothing for you. And then he goes, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, actually, you could be the best friend. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, Isn't that horrible? You, you could be wow. the best friend. Maybe. It's so internalized. Yeah. Yeah. It's so ingrained into us that like that becomes their reality. When I so, was, uh, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm sorry, I'm pushing this because we're yeah. running into like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I'll shut up. No, and, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, at the end, at the end of the day, we as creators, as people of color, just we need to get our stories out there. And despite the fact that there are thousands and hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of hurdles that we have to help each other jump over all of them and um, create space for other people, other stories um, in our communities. I mean, like you said, yeah. create the opportunities, create the opportunities for ourselves and for other people. So can I, can I say one more thing as creatives? I think we need to be creative in encouraging people to vote this oh, coming uh, yeah. election mm -hmm. to make sure that sure. You, so you get people in the administration who supports education uh -huh. and who supports the creative arts that would help the next, you know, next line of gen, uh, creatives that's being produced, you know, going through middle school and high school. So right. those are, that's just very important. Just force, you know, getting education and administration to support education and the arts like education uh, and knowledge it's the yeah. base level man. i agree and ubi 100 sure. <laughs> <UBI. laughs> yeah you. um anyway i'm sorry after we have to oh rodney did you have one more thing uh i was just gonna respond real quick um ubi and reparations are being talked about really hard reparations right would right be now. nice Remember, um, UBI and reparations are being talked about really hard right now. So UBI, yeah, universal Your basic income. basic income. So oh, it's basically okay. what the but stimulus yeah. check was, but in a but we're gonna, like we're gonna more prolonged. Yeah, gotcha. okay. I just want to. I just want to. Wow, say, UBI instead of universal health care, huh? Yeah. So no, that's tough. Uh, it's it's gonna, the, come the, the ramifications of yeah, that. So. Gonna be or, you, times, yeah, but, or is UBI uh, gonna be used to pay for universal health care? I know, man. There's a lot of a lot of questions. But yeah, I I. I do want to say one last thing. Um, I, first of all, I just want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Um, obviously, with everything going on in the world, and um, it's just a really, really strange time, and it's just really good to be able to talk with these things with you guys. Um, the chat has been amazing. Yeah. Um, thank you, chat. The conversation has been amazing, and I know we ran a little bit long. Aaron, not... Aaron Nabus, but Aaron Redmond, I know uh, you're gonna be mad at me, but I, I do feel one like of our producers. we we wanted this was important, and I think we needed to talk about this, and we wanted to create a space for everybody in our chat, and as well as for us to even just try to process all of this, and we processed it through what we love, this was geeky stuff, right? Right. So I just I just want to say thank yeah. you so much for the opportunity for coming on the show. Hey man, um, no, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much. Seriously, yeah. you're such thank a you big supporter you. of us. Yes, you are. And from the beginning, yeah. from so, like day so one. Much. Yeah, he was so, always there. So we, it's like seriously, it's been long overdue. We're we're so happy right. to have you on. But um, yeah, again, just uh, thank you guys. Thank you everybody. And uh, that's that's it for me. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. 
Thank All right. You. Thank you, everybody, for this uh, this very engaging conversation. It's a conversation that we needed to have as a community, as a podcast, and hopefully, you know, everybody in our Twitch chat thinks the same. Uh, judging from what uh, you guys are saying in the chat, yeah. Thank you so much, everybody in chat, for being here. Thank you to the cast, the crew, to our uh, special friend here, our special guest, Aaron Nabis. Do hit us up on uh, all our social uh, media. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Pangeekery, P-A-N-G-E-E-K-E-R-Y. Again, every Monday here at, in this space, twitch.tv slash Pangeekery at 8 yeah. p.m. will be right here. So uh, do hit us up in the meantime, hit up our Discord, and uh, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week.